is good, defenders, and welcome to episode 148 of the most LAFC podcast on earth. That's right, it's Defenders of the Bank, just two episodes away from a buck 50. Very exciting times here over at Defenders Nation, even if the times are not as super exciting over at Bank of California Stadium. We are recording live, or at least almost live, from beautiful Burbank, California at world-famous Philomonster Studios, and sitting directly to my left, about three or four feet away, after we suffered through the match just one day ago, we're going to try to put as positive of a spin on it as much as we can, as often as we can. But there might not be a whole lot of that in this episode. You know him. You love him. He is the beast from the East Coast, Christian Philly Philemon. Greetings, defenders. And you say we are recording this live. I say we are court. We are recording this barely alive because you and I had a monstrous weekend that we just endured for the first time in the three-year history, four seasons of Bank of California Stadium. There was not a single member of the defenders of the bank family in attendance at Bank of California Stadium. And the reason being, we mentioned it on One More Sleep, but for those of you who did not listen to One More Sleep, Scarf, why don't you tell the millions... And millions. ...why the both of us were not at Bank of California Stadium? Well, I would like to correct you on one quick thing. There were many members of the Defenders family there, many members of the millions... And millions. Including... Still millions, as you like to point out to me. We believe the twins were there, right? Not, not sure... What other members of the Defenders family were there, but you're all family to us. Oh, we all love you, and look we at definitely this miss you. Butt. But that being said, we were in Solvang, California. That's right, the uh, the Danish capital of America, as they like to say, celebrating my girlfriend Nina's. It, it really doesn't matter the number, but it was significant, mm-hmm. which oh, is why we missed this, this match, good right now. the 30th birthday for Nina. So it was a big deal to celebrate the big 3-0 for Nina. Welcome <laughs> to the third floor. Philly remembers what it was like to be on the third floor. It was just a couple of short months ago that Philly left the third floor and moved all the way on up to the fourth floor. But that's neither here nor there. Philly, we had a wonderful time. We, we ate some good food. We drank some good wine. We ran into some good people. Possibly more on that later on, but maybe we'll have to just keep that between us and the other person. Yes, I think that would be a good idea. Great to run into that person, however, so it was nice seeing you. But Philly, it was was a really fun experience being up in Solvang, spending some time there. We went to Los Olivos for a little bit. We went to Santa Maria for a little bit. Shout out to Presquil Winery. That was a lot of fun. And Carhartt down in Los Olivos. We had a good time at a couple different places celebrating Nina. That was a lot of fun. There were confetti balloons involved. There was Smirnoff ice that was involved. That was not much fun. That's what ended my Friday night. We both got iced on the same night. And if you don't know what it means to be (laughs) iced, look it up because it's miserable. That's what gave them a rough start to Saturday morning. Oh, goodness gracious. So, look, we missed you guys all there And look, if you want to blame part of this loss on us for not being there, that's fine. If you want to blame part of it on maybe Amundsen knowing that we were in the Danish capital of America and Amundsen, number 12, who had an excellent game for NYCFC, being the only Dane involved in the match at Bank of California Stadium, hashtag blame solving, I guess. We'll just throw that out there. I don't know. 
Another quick frustrating thing, Philly, that you and I watched, and oh man, how the U.S. men's national team loses to Switzerland 2-1, that that was a big bummer, but for all of you L Tree fans out there, you guys won 2-1 against Iceland, which is a, a big win, so congrats to L Tree, but more issues for the U.S. men's national team. Yeah, they're... They're fantastic. Sebastian <laughs> Legette scoring the single goal for the U.S. men's national team. Yeah, Switzerland's got some good players. Let's let's not kid ourselves. There's a guy by the name of Shakiri. He can play pretty well. His but, hips don't lie. <laughs> wrong, wrong Sorry. character scarf. But yeah, just when you lose to a team like Switzerland, two to one. I don't care if it's a friendly. It's just not a country we should be losing to. Yes, they're good players on that team, but. Oh, Mr. Burhalter. That's I mean that's that's all I can and, say. And they scored after Shakiri was subbed out, by the way. Yo, Shakiri, so, uh, Shakiri. A rough match there. Look It was we, a rough match, a rough weekend. Right. I think if you split open our veins right now, we'd probably be bleeding Merlot and Cabernet. Oh. If I never right. had wine anymore, I wouldn't care. And, and Philly, I do want to mention one bit of good news in our news and notes that neither of us put in our notes, which is kind of funny, but I just now remembered it. I want to make sure we talked about it. For at least a few fleeting moments, Philly. The Las Vegas Lights had a lead in a match. <laughs> they played in what amounts to the toilet bowl, and, and much love to Jerry Jimenez, but this was not the highly anticipated showdown that USL thought it was going to be <laughs> going into the, the season. Spoon. I mean, I don't believe either team had won a match going into the season, and that's still true, unfortunately, for our Las Vegas Lights, but Alvaro Quesada scoring a goal for Vegas before San Diego Loyal stormed back for the 2-1 victory in a match that if anybody cared about that, I'm pretty surprised because unfortunately our lights don't look good. San Diego Loyal had looked just as bad as we did coming into the season. But here, here's the deal, Philly. We went from not scoring in the first match. We gave up five in the second, three in the third, and now two in this match. So Maybe next one is either a 1-1 draw or a 1-0 win for the Lights. That's that's what we're hoping for. Well, the ironic thing is, in terms of the people that scored for the San Diego Loyal, it had to have been the one player yep. that we jokingly called the Ghost of. Yes, folks, that's right. It's the return of the Ghost of Alejandro Guido. He scored. He scored. The irony of the man that LAFC <laughs> did not allow on the field. He was the one that... Put the dagger into the backs of the Las Vegas Lights. Good on him. I'm sure he had that extra bit of oomph and an extra pep in his step to go out there and stick it to LAFC. Scarf, I will never forget the time that he almost made an appearance. Almost. He took his penny off. He was getting ready to go. And then Bob pulls him back. He, out of anger, throws the penny to the floor. Into the locker room he goes. Yep. And forever, the ghost of Alejandro Guido <laughs> Haunts Bank of Haunts California, Bank of California. Stadium. And clearly now the Las Vegas Lights. Oh, so good on goodness. him from scoring, but yes, the irony of that player scoring against the Las Vegas Lights is not lost upon me. And for the record, if you had the ghost of Alejandro Guido on your Defenders bingo card, you can mark that one off right now. It's time for a very quick This Day in LAFC History. And This Day in LAFC History involves Carlitos, Carlos Vela twice, which was just about as many times as he was involved in the game against him. NYCFC <laughs> on the oh. 29th in 2018. Spoiler Carlos, alert, he was not the player that we saw in Solvang. <laughs> he was not the player or person that we saw in Solvang. No. On the 29th in 2018, Carlos Vela, along with some of his L3 teammates, made the cover of Sports Illustrated, which is something Philly nor I have done yet. So not happening yet. Wait 20, for the body issue. Oh, good. Yeah. Which body issue? They need a, a fold-out, pull-out cover just to get me on there. That'll be... Yeesh. How many copies did it 
sell. Nothing. I had to buy them all back. <laughs> Sounds like the Ultimate Warriors <laughs> comic book career. And on the 29th in 2019, Carlos Vela was named to EA Sports' Team of the Week, and that's across all leagues. So to get an MLS player named to a Team of the Week across all leagues, kind of a big deal. So that's the 29th, and that is the end of this day in LAFC history. Philly, just a couple of news and notes that we want to get to. Of course, we'll get to the Brian Rodriguez update in just a second. But finally, a clue, at least a little bit, of what's going on with Quadwopoku. Yeah, he uh, he had a knee knock in that game that he went down to play for the Las Vegas Lights. It was a mystery for the longest time, but yes, it was a knee injury. He did have his surgery. He did post not that long ago that the surgery went successful, and there's a photo of him in his bed with the knee brace on and the crutches behind him. So we wish him all the best. Quadwo Opoku, a.k.a. Mahala. Get back on that turf, buddy. We know you have the heart of a lion. We know we're going to see you soon. Hopefully this isn't the the curse of the Las Vegas lights and it doesn't bring down any more of our players. But that's the story with him. And we did have a couple of international, well, three to be exact, international call-ups from our LAFC roster. We do have a very diverse group of young men on our team. And the first call-up, Mark Anthony Kay gets the call for Team Canada. He gets to hang out with... Alfonso Davies, the what, the best left back in the world? Right. They are going to square off against Aruba on June the 5th. And if Canada can swing by Aruba, well, then Canada might be doing okay. If they can't get by Aruba, <laughs> say bye-bye to Canada. Cheeky Palacios, he got the call up with Ecuador. He will be playing up against, uh, maybe not Neymar, but, uh, well, he's been going through a lot of issues. But he's going to be squaring up against Brazil on June the 4th. So congratulations to Cheeky Palacios. And then Kim Moon Hwan gets the call for South Korea. They'll be playing on the first, which is Tuesday, against Turkmenistan. So congratulations to these three young players. It is always an honor to play for your national team. We hope you don't get hurt. Take care of business. And that's really the housekeeping for the news and notes. Yeah, I thought I read somewhere that Thomas Romero was actually called in for El Salvador as well, but I'm not sure where I read that, but I think I think he might have been. But Philly, we are all Almeria fans this week, Philly. It is a big, big week for Almeria. Oh, yes. This last week, Almeria had two matches on the schedule. Monday, May 24th, against Logroñez. And today, which we are recording this episode, by the way, Sunday, May 30th, we had Almeria against Sporting Gijón. Almeria beat Logroñez 2-1 as Brian came on in the 80th minute. That's right, 10 minutes plus 5 of stoppage, but nothing significant for Brian in the 2-1 victory. But in what was a huge match potentially for Sporting Gijón, Almeria came up with a big 2-0 win. Philly with three points. Gijón could have leapfrogged Rayo Vallecano into the promotion tournament, but Almeria stepped up, won the match. The match also represented significant playing time for Brian for the first time in a while. Brian started and played 85 minutes in the win, not registering a goal, not registering an assist, but he was out there playing for 85 minutes. Did he register an argument with any teammates? Not as far as the highlights showed us, but right, the so big okay. deal, Philly, okay. is this week for Almeria, they are playing in the promotion tournament semifinals Woo-hoo. against Girona, and I'm probably mispronouncing that, Girona. There you go. They have two matches this week, Wednesday, June 2nd, 
and Saturday, June 5th. So if you know of a website where you can pirated watch those games, let us know. Wednesday, June 2nd, and Saturday, June 5th, the two-legged semifinals of the promotion tournament for La Liga 2. We need Almeria to win this promotion tournament. Not just the semifinals here against Girona, Girona, but we need them to win the entire promotion tournament because what that does is it kicks in automatically automatically the buy clause for Brian Rodriguez. And then we can move on and get somebody else on that front line. We are only going to try to use three designated players. More on Miami in a little bit. (laughs) So that's the Brian Rodriguez update. Let's get into a very quick LAFC X player roundup. Let's start with Tyler Miller. His shutout streak was snapped at 192 minutes. He made four saves in Minnesota's 1-1 draw against Real Salt Lake. Bradley Wright Phillips subbed on in the 83rd minute of Columbus's 2-1 win over Toronto. Nothing really there. Christian Ramirez was an unused sub in Houston's 3-2 loss to Sporting Kansas City. Adrian Perez and Andy Nahar both played for DC United in their 3 nothing win over a Miami side that used only three of their five designated players. Andy Nahar started and played the first 75 minutes while Adrian Perez started and played the first 45. And Adrian had an excellent first half, including registering an assist on a goal scored by Paul Areola to put DC up 2 nothing. Walker Zimmerman of Nashville started and played the full 90 minutes in their 2-2 draw against Atlanta. Kenneth Vermeer started and made three saves in a, wait for it, FC Cincinnati loss, 1-0 to the New England Revolution. Stephen Betashore was not in the 18 for Colorado's 3-0 win over Dallas. And Joao Moutinho subbed on in the 63rd minute in Orlando's 2-1 loss to the Red Bulls in a game where Caden Clark, the 17-year-old, scored. And that is the X-Player Roundup. Oh boy, Philly turns out. LAFC, that was not a great match against NYCFC. We got to talk about it. So let's rip the Band-Aid off, Philly. Let's get right into it. The player availability report. What was the injury situation? You mentioned one already in news and notes. Any other injury situations leading into this? Uh, Just Eric Duenas still dealing with the ankle situation. NYCFC did not have the services of Hebert, a very important player. He has not returned to the NYCFC lineup since he tore his ACL in September of last season. So a big loss to, to them. So that's the only thing as far as the injury report is concerned for significant players. Fun times. We're squaring off against NYCFC yet again, a team that we have never beaten, but a team that has never beaten us. Coming into the gang scarf, both teams rocking a 2-2-2 two, two, and two record. Deuce is wild. Deuce is wild. Scully would say. They're scoring goals. 11. They're not allowing that many. Six. Differential of five. They're one, one, and one on at home. They're one, one, and one on the road. That's symmetry. Yeah, the players to watch out for, Castellanos, who isn't even a designated player, leading the team with four uh, four goals alongside his teammate, Medina, who himself is a designated player. He, too, scores four goals. Not after this match. Not after this match. So, yes, NYCFC has had 
somewhat of an interesting season. They came off a rough loss against the Columbus crew last week, looking to get some revenge, looking to gain some traction in the Eastern Conference. They're a team to keep an eye out for, and we're going to talk about this match. Scarf, why don't we get into the lineups? Yeah, you know, real quick, I just want to mention the history that these two teams have had. You mentioned it, Philly. All ties or I should say both ties, right, leading up to this, both 2-2 ties. Yeah. So th- there was a point, by the way, where where I was pretty excited that maybe this one would also be a 2-2 tie. It was <laughs> one of the very few moments that I was pretty excited about what we saw here. But you have to remember, one of the most iconic celebrations that LAFC has ever had was in that first match where LAFC played in the Bronx at Yankee Stadium, the home run goal celebration by Carlos Vela, one of my favorites. Let me get in. You had a nicer looking swing than Greg Council did. Oh, man. Let's get into the starting lineup first for NYCFC, a U.S. men's national team staple, Sean Johnson, between the pipes. He was not called in to this recent camp, but Sean Johnson, one of the better goalies in Major League Soccer. Maxime Cheneau, a player who I'm always happy to see back there because we do pretty well against Maxime Cheneau. James Sands, he is a player to watch. He has capped for the under 15, under 17, under 19, and under 23 U.S. men's national teams, including 37 caps for that under-17 team and a player who is on a lot of radars. There's been a lot of chatter over in Europe about this kid, James Sands. Alexander Cayens of Peru. And you know how I love the Peruvian national team players in Major League Soccer, so it was fun to watch him play. Andres Jason, Nicolas Acevedo of Uruguay, Keaton Parks, who registered a cap for the U.S. men's national team about a year or so ago. We mentioned the Dane, Malte Anmundsen, who played very very well in this match. Really looked good. Philly mentioned their young designated player from Paraguay, Jesus Medina, who, when they signed him, I believe it was, what, in 2019, as a young designated player, there was a lot of consternation and frustration in the NYCFC universe because the first two years, he did not look good, and they are paying him designated player money but it has all come to fruition this year four goals coming into the match we'll talk about what happened after the match nycfc boasts one of the best playmakers in major league soccer with maxi morales he is listed at like 5'4", and I promise you this man is not 5'4". On stilts, perhaps. Unless he's standing on like a foot-tall phone book or something. And, and okay, kids, let me explain to you. So a phone book, right, <laughs> used to be a thing where you, it was a really thick, usually the yellow pages. You you know what? Just Google it. Google what a phone book Just was. imagine stacking 20 of your iPads. There you go. Yeah, 20 would be one phone book. By the way, don't stand on a stack of iPads. That would be really bad. Not unless you have Apple Care. 25. Five goals, 40 assists in 125 matches for NYCFC. And again, just one of the better playmakers that this league has seen. And Valentin Castellanos, this guy is special. He didn't really play all that well in this match, however. But a couple of players I want to mention in the 18 that we will talk about. Ishmael Tajuri, Shradi, Anton Tinnerholm. And a player, Philly, you were excited. You talked about this on One More Sleep. Tyus Magno, the 18-year-old young DP from Brazil. 
it was a really interesting match for Tyus Magno, actually, in this game. But you want to talk just for a second there, Philly, about Tyus Magno? So the name Vasco da Gama should ring a bell for you guys because, well, at one point, Latif Blessing, there was the rumor that he was going to go there. So fast forward, nothing with LAFC. Vasco da Gama, Tyus Magno comes through as one of the biggest and most expensive transfers in MLS history. This young man got his start at 16, and he was the youngest player to debut for this club in the 21st century. He signed on to NYCFC until 2026. The transfer fee, $8 million. And if he hit certain performance hurdles, we're looking at $12 million. So that's that's a big deal. NYCFC has not had an expensive designated player of this caliber since the inception of their club when they brought in the likes of David Villa, Andrea Pirlo, and Frank Lampard. So a lot of eyes are going to be looking at this young man. He came in with an injury and a paperwork pending issues. So everything got cleared, and he did feature today. More on that later. One NYCFC player that I just wanted to highlight real quick, the keeper, Sean Johnson, 33 career shutouts, Scarf. 33. 33 career shutouts for NYCFC, including two this season. Very, very impressive keeper. And that's the story as far as that's concerned. Uh, the LAFC lineup, not too many changes there. Still had Pablo Cisniega in between the pipes. Tristan Blackman, Jesus David Murillo, Eddie Segura, and Chiqui Palacios. If you look at the stats towards the end, Chiqui Palacios gets a lot of touches on the ball. Yep. More, more on that later. Yep. Jose Cifuentes, Edward Atuesta, Mark Anthony K, the Canadian glory machine as we call him on the show. Ooh, Carlos Vela. Diego Rossi and Corey Baird. That is the lineup for LAFC. Yeah, and I've got some thoughts on the lineup after the match. We go through Philly's thoughts and Scarf's thoughts, and I, I'm I've gone through almost every single player trying to break down what happened in the breakdown that happened at Bank of California Stadium. It, it's going to be interesting. I, I hope you guys stick around for my thoughts, and I know Philly's got a lot of takes on it as well, but. Man, some some stuff with the lineup needs to change. We'll, we'll get into yep. that in just a little bit. It, it is not really our jam to uh, to go after lineup changes and to kind of call out Bob. But you know what? There, I have thoughts. So we'll, we'll get to those in a little bit. Look, bottom line is this game was on Twitter, and there were several <laughs> times, oh gosh, where we were very very frustrated trying to get the match to either a stop buffering. B, have the picture clear enough so that we could tell between about two or three or four different players who was actually the one receiving the ball or who made the play for either team. So that was a lot of fun. And the other big thing is this. Why is it? And this was a great question that was brought up on Twitter, and I apologize. I forget who it was who tweeted this out, but feel free to tweet us back after this episode, after you hear it. But it was a great point. Why can I watch the Las Vegas Lights, our USL affiliate on ESPN Plus, no problem for the English language broadcast feed. But I've got to go to Twitter to get the English language broadcast feed for this game. Look, I know it was on Unimas, which was great. And I think Tudin also had it somewhere as well. There were options. We know that. But the English language feed, which was the easiest for us to try and find up in Solvang, turned out to be the hardest thing for us to try and find. The place we went did not even have Unimas so that we could get the Spanish language feed, which we would happily have watched there. We absolutely love listening to it in Spanish as well. But super frustrating which, I'll be totally honest with you, our notes start at about the 14th minute. 
because it was so troublesome to get the match on a great first pass by Corey Baird to Carlos Vela. And I'll say this right now, and I'll say it several times throughout the course of this episode. I really do love watching Corey Baird. Such a good pickup for us from Real Salt Lake. Again, the former Rookie of the Year. He's finding his form yet again. We'll talk about his third goal of the season a little bit later on in the podcast. Really happy to have Corey Baird. You had an easy save for Pablo in the 16th, and I think it's really important for Pablo to get some touches early on to feel like he's more of a part of the match. But either way, I will say this. This was another case of Pablo Cisniega doing what he needed to do throughout the course of 90-plus minutes to keep us in the match. 18th and 19th minute, Philly, we owned possession. We had a ton of different corners back-to-back. Nothing came of it, but we had good control of the possession. And then Philly, I'm not nominating this as our wait-what moment of the podcast, but it was something where you and I looked at each other, and, and we noticed this right away. For all of you Pablo Cisniega fans out there, the one thing that you have to have seen over his two seasons or so with LAFC is the fact that he is not a great passer at all. But in the 24th minute, Philly, an incredible long pass from Pablo Cisniega to Chiqui Palacios, Chiqui to Carlos Vela, but the ref called the last touch on Vela as his shot went well wide. Not a great match at all for Carlos Vela, Philly, but a great pass. And I think that may be the first time we've said this on Defenders of the Bank, a great pass from Pablo. Yeah, it really was a great pass. If he can improve that part of his game, there's there's going to be no stopping him. Sean Johnson was the keeper to watch in the game yep. because of his accolades, but Pablo looking really good on those distributions. Minute later, LAFC gets pretty darn lucky. Way too much space for the Dane. We mentioned him, Amundsen, and his ball into and across the boxes first fanned out or fanned on, rather, by Medina, then cleared out. Smart clearance for LAFC, trying to be a little bit cute. 29th minute, pandemonium inside the box. Vela eventually finds it. LAFC had several solid chances here, but couldn't find the opening. It was Rossi to Blackman, to Baird, back to Rossi, who makes a nice pass to Vela amidst all the chaos. You'd have to think... Vela should have had a better attempt than that. Shot just wide, but deflected for a corner. Off the ensuing corner, Edward Atuesta's chip corralled. They had like four chances in that moment within the 29th. So that was nothing came up as a result there. And Philly Carlos with two chances already this far into the match and neither a very good effort by Carlos. And, And you're a little surprised, right? I mean, we're talking about Carlos Vela here. Couldn't find target at all with either of those first two. No, no. 29th minute, Kane Castellanos making some contact with each other. I'm sure those Castellanos just congratulating Kay on his entry into the Canadian <laughs> national team. 37th minute, Atuesta to seafood at Cheeky. Cheeky with a shot from the top of the box, deflected. But I like that he's looking to keep the defenders honest. Cheeky gets a lot of touches and a lot of game, a lot of serious playing time. If you look at his touches versus the midfielders, in some cases, it's kind of scary. But Bob likes to work from the back. More on that later. 38th minute. Giggity. (laughs) Giggity. Rossi has a shot saved after a nice move to bring it slightly inside of the box. His shot was right at the keeper. Though he got a lot on it, it would have it would have been nice to have gotten some elevation on it. No goal there. 
40th minute, Cheeky with another great play. We've been talking about Cheeky quite a bit. The reach around, kick to poke it away, though. Giggity again? What? I don't know what's happening right now. Well, there's a lot of giggities going on. We're keeping this family friendly, Family bro. friendly, Cheeky. Look, for, for all that... Family friendly, Cheeky? Family You're going to end cheeky. it right there? For, for all that's lamented about Cheeky from time to time, I absolutely loved his first half today. I really like the way he played all the way around. Cheeky, there are just games where he looks like one of the better wingbacks in the league. And then there are just some games where he disappears. But I really liked his first half. Nothing happening in stoppage time, Philly. Nah. We had a minute of stoppage time. Nothing happened there. And, and and really, if you look at the first half, Philly, I don't know how you felt. I know what the numbers will say. And I know you'll talk to us about them in just a little bit. But LAFC, for the most part, really dominated the first half of play. Many solid chances, good runs throughout the box that we were like one pass away or maybe one shot instead of a pass away. I know that NYCFC had a couple of good opportunities, but you really felt like the first 45 minutes, Philly, LAFC dominating the run of play. They dominated for sure. Their passing accuracy was there. They were keeping NYCFC on their heels. They had they had more shots, more shots on target, more shots from inside of the box. That's something that we didn't really get much of uh, over the course of some of the previous matches. I think we had, what, five shots yep. from inside of the box, which is a really good thing. You know, three corners taken. Eight fouls, eight fouls within the first half. Pretty cheeky along those lines, but LAFC came out came out pretty well. Ten thousand seven hundred and three people were in attendance at Bank of California Stadium, and we got to see some exciting plays from LAFC, but nothing in terms of a a real big goal scoring opportunity. We figured, okay, Bob's going to talk to his boys at the half, and then we're going to have a far more eventful second half. And when it starts, we kind of did, but we'll go into that right now. <laughs> yeah, we had a yellow for Edward Atsuesta right at the start of the half, 48th minute, and it was it was a late challenge from behind, so a good yellow there by the ref. What was, I thought, and, and I think LAFC tweeted this out too, right? The save in the match, 50th minute, Pablo Cisniega, a diving stop to his left to keep Amundsen there. Goes that Dane again, my goodness, to keep Amundsen from giving NYCFC a one nothing lead. And yes, the shot was absolutely on target. Pablo getting a hand on it to poke it away for a corner. But just the athleticism there of Pablo Cisniega, a great save, great anticipation to make sure he's going the right way to get a hand on it. Pablo wasn't really tested all that often in this match. And yes, I know we're going to get to two goals scored by NYCFC in a minute. Oh, you already, spoiler alert. Yeah, I mean, you know, I'm I'm sure that the people (laughs) who are listening to us also agonizingly watched that match. But that being said, none of them are on Pablo. We'll talk about that as we go through. But this save is one we needed Pablo to make, and he absolutely did. Beautiful save by Pablo. And then another yellow in the 53rd. It is Jesus Medina picking up one for a late challenge on Diego Rossi. Philly, you and I both looked at each other after that foul, sort of fouls in air quotes by Medina. Yes, it was late. Yes, he might have caught him on the top of the foot. But Mm. I I think Rossi might have had a Speedo on and another audition for the (laughs) Uruguayan diving team once again. But you know what? LAFC will take it where we can get it right now. A yellow on their DP, Jesus, Medina, and Philly. What I love about this is it gets me closer to my 15 and 15 that we need on the season from Corey Danny Masovsky Baird. A huge play in the 56th minute. 
Corey Baird gets on the end of a pass from Mark Anthony K on the doorstep, calmly flicks it home. It was Rossi to Mac. That's how it got there. And there was a cross that was deflected. It just happened to catch Corey Baird's foot. It wasn't really going to Corey Baird. It was going to somebody else. But hey, Corey Baird was there. And as a result of that, he gets his third goal on the season and is now tied with Diego Rossi for being leading scorer on the team. Good on you, Corey Baird. LAFC's up one nothing, And I wanted to take a moment. Despite the fact that buffering was a... a Oh, it was a horrible thing for us watching it this was. game. Yes. It was really cool being in a bar, sitting at the bar with a couple of pints of beer, me and you and Panda and Chad and Nina and everybody else that was there. It was really nice to be in a bar watching a game, something that we really took for granted, something I look forward to continuing to do over the course of, well, the rest of my life, really. And, and Philly, for like the first half of the match, we were the only people in the bar. So that was kind of interesting. I know there's a lot of wine tasting going on and solving, but not we a lot of people a break. were at, what was it, 15, 25 taps and sports is where we were to watch the match. So shout out to the good people there. But it was really nice to just kind of sit. You mentioned it. Like, when was the last time we had sat at a bar and watched a sporting event? That was kind of neat. Although you and I both remarked to ourselves several times how weird it was to sit and watch a match at the bank on television. Yeah, that was weird. And not to be there. Boo on that. But we got to see our friends on TV. We got to see Casey, Albert, Fresco. Who else did we see? Uh, I mean, I, those are who I remember. We had, there was, Jimmy was on the capo stand a couple of times. I mean, it was, look, it's always nice to see everybody there, but I would have rather have seen everybody there. But that, dude, that, we tried so we, hard we to ask Nina, hey, look, we'll happily run some errands from you. You want us to get garbage bags for the room? We can do that, thinking we'd make a detour down the bank of California <laughs> Stadium. But, but for whatever reason, they didn't want us they, to go anywhere because they, they knew it. us too well. I don't no, think they, they, they didn't it. trust us. We were all decked out in LAFC gear, looking far too mischievous and far too inebriated anyway. All right. So, LAFC punk, get ready because you're going to hate Oh, no, 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 no. It's okay. No. It's okay. No, no, no. I, I know what you're doing. I won't. I'm trying to stop you I from doing this. Bring no, I won't bring up. No, 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 I won't bring up. But, but, 67th minute, Philly. It's getting annoying. I'm giving up. This is where the match changed. This is where the match changed. 67th minute, NYCFC changes things up. They sub in four players. This is when Ish hits the fan. Ishmael Tajuri Shradi. <laughs> you like that. Comes huh? in. That was pretty good. Comes in for Maxi Morales, which I thought, hey, great. Taking Maxi Morales, their best playmaker out. Sure, that's like taking John Stockton out of the Utah Jazz offense. I mean, absolutely. That that was a good sub. Tyus Magno comes in for, for Keaton Parks. So you got to see the player who, coming off of a bit of a knee injury, they weren't sure how much they could get out of him. The 18-year-old kid from Brazil comes in and makes his debut for at least a little bit until he got Take it out, but we'll talk about it's that in a minute. A tactical change. Alfredo Morales in for Maxime Cheneau. I was sad about that one because we were killing Cheneau on that side for the entire first 66 minutes. The lazy Luxembourgers, That's what we'll call them. <laughs> there you go. And then Anton Tinnerholm checking in for Jason. And and I was sad. I, I liked seeing Maxime Cheneau out there because we had a lot of good, a lot of good runs on Maxime Cheneau's side. These subs, to me, and, and Philly, we actually, I know you have some notes. On their coach, would you mind talking just for a moment about NYCFC's head coach? Because here's why I bring this up. Here's why I bring this up. Sorry, punk. The thing that the Patriots have been known for for years and years and years, in addition to cheating and having Tom Brady, 
is the fact that they make the best second half adjustments of any team in the NFL. They're a great team at tactical adjustments after the first half. They see what teams are doing well in the first half, and they make adjustments so that that stops being what they do well in the second half. Why does it seem to me, Philly, and this is Scarf talking here, why does it seem to me that especially in the last few matches, we have looked great in the first half, but whatever adjustments are made by whatever coach we are playing, whether it be Robin Frazier or whether it be the coach that you are about to talk about right now, why does it seem like we're being out-adjusted in the second half? It's, it's frustrating because once the team makes their adjustment, we don't then respond in kind or the way in which we responded in this match was completely baffling which we'll talk about in a minute, some substitutions, things that make you go, hmm, I was, I was really confused, really frustrated. But what I enjoyed watching was what I th- thought would be the start of a chess match between NYCFC and Bob Bradley. These four substitutions changed the match for NYCFC because they started throwing more players forward. They changed their shape a little bit. They got rid of their biggest hole, which was Maxime Cheneau. Although they got rid of their best playmaker in Maxime Morales, they actually started making more chances than they had had in the first half. Philly, why don't you tell us about the head coach of NYCFC because that's who made all these great adjustments. Defenders, is there anybody out there that sees red as an anger anytime the scarf mentions Tom Brady and the New England Patriots? I actually He just, might have had the hottest take of all time, but all I can think of is Gur. That was in passing. Gur, Tom Brady and the New England Patriots every single time. Like, why, why, why are you not from Boston? But this you one talk makes about sense. the Patriots all the time. From Boston. This My one podcast partner from Lawndale. <laughs> Jesus. But this man. one makes sense because Bill Belichick with the halftime adjustments. Oh, yeah, of course you had to stick that into us. All right, so we'll move, we'll move on. The coach. Yeah, I'm surprised you should be wearing a Red Sox hat, drinking a Samuel we Adams. Were about this i really want to get the yellow boston red sox marathon tribute shirt i liked that shirt well as mets fans we can't hate the red sox we should probably own bill buckner jerseys but that is neither here nor there ronnie delia three-time title winning manager at multiple european clubs including celtic fc in scotland now i know what you're thinking celtic is a club that runs itself Oh, no, no, no. Say that to Neil Lennon, who's no longer the gaffer at Celtic FC. They finally were dethroned by Rangers Football Club and Steven Gerrard. They did not lose a single game this season. So Celtic FC, not the autopilot club that you would think of in the Scottish Premier League. But he joined NYCFC from Norwegian club Valerilu, excuse me. Valerinog. No, I think you got it right the first time. That was great. That was perfect. You got it. I'm still seeing red you from got the it. Patriots. Okay. Valoren- Valorenga. Thank you. Valorenga. Where he served as manager beginning in 2017. There's an umlaut in there, I think, right? Not, But not three umlauts. Not go. three. Delio won his first trophy in 2010, capturing the Norwegian football club. And then he led his team to the first league title. It's a first league title for the team 43 years back in 2013 he won back-to-back scottish premier titles during his time in glasgow and additionally this guy managed it in the champions league in the qualifying rounds in the europa league he won the scottish league cup in 2015 not a powder puff gaffer this guy's done some things so that is who that is scarf 
Yeah, and that's who made the adjustments there in the 67th minute. Ish, hit the fan. And and it took all of three minutes for those adjustments to come to fruition, except it wasn't just the adjustments that helped out. You mentioned him when we went through the lineups, the Canadian glory machine, Mark Anthony K. And I, I want to say something about Mark Anthony K real quick. If you take this one play out of the match, I thought up until this point, Mark Anthony K had played really solidly. Had he done any one thing really great? No, but I thought he had played solidly enough in the role that he had. But all anyone, Philly, all anyone is going to talk about after this match, and rightfully so, is the awful Andre Horta-esque pass from Mark Anthony K to the early sub that we just talked about three minutes ago, Anton Tinnerholm. And look, props to Tinnerholm because he one-touches this pass from Mark Anthony K right to their most potent weapon on the pitch, the young DP who already had four, who now has five, Jesus Medina. And I mean... Could it have been an easier shot for Medina? Nothing Pablo could have done. He guessed the right way. He might have even got a fingertip on it. I, I don't know. I think the ball went into the side netting. A beautiful shot by Medina. But Philly, we talked about it. We watched this play over and over again. Eddie Segura, it only got worse. Eddie Segura does a great job of screening out one of the players that are playing on a very high press. It's Tyus Magno who comes up and plays pressure on Mark Anthony K. So what does Cheeky Palacios do? He moves to Mark Anthony K's left, opens up another passing option there. The other options were just kick the damn ball out of bounds or clear it out as far as you can. But, I mean, Philly, you're a basketball guy. This is like inbounding the ball underneath your own hoop. Certain things you just don't do. And this was a perfectly targeted pass to Anton Tinnerholm, who does not play for LAFC. An awful, awful mistake for Mark Anthony Kay, who needs to just boot this ball long or out of bounds or to any one of the one or two outlets that he had. Uh, I was just, I was so frustrated Watching this play, a little bit of pressure from the 18-year-old Brazilian forces Mark Anthony K, a one-time MLS All-Star, into this turnover, Philly? Yeah, but he did break his ankle. He did get clear to make a pass. Uh-huh. The problem was, it was to nobody. You said it. Cheeky was open, and he had Atuesta on the other end. And K passed it up the middle. You want to talk about the New England Patriots? I'm going to bring up the New Whoa. York Jets. Whoa. And I'm going to tie it in with Sam Darnold. You remember when Sam Darnold said that he was seeing ghosts out on the field in one of the games? <laughs> I, do. I wonder if Kay was seeing ghosts right out on the field because, wow, that was a really loud. Was really uh, loud. That was really loud. But yeah, I, it was to nobody. And the more you watched it, it, it just it just made you angrier and angrier and angrier. And look, I love Kay. He's a great person and he's done some really good things. That was an awful, awful turnover. It was a mustardless pass. A mustardless pass. And yes, good on Tinnerholm. He picked it up, and Medina just stretched out Pablo's six foot plus frame and punched in a beauty. And just like that, not that long after we score, mental lapses lead to a collapse. And as a result of that, NYCFC ties. And we're thinking at this point, all right, 20 minutes left in the game. Well, we seem to tie this team, and that's going to be the story there. A couple minutes later, we've got subs. Latif Blessing in for Jose Cifuentes. Raheem Edwards subbing in for the goal scorer, Corey Baird. And that was pretty good pick. 
on Bob's part because in the 75th minute, Raheem Edwards had somewhat of a chance. Bob's substitution, we'll go through that in a second, but some of these players actually had some decent shots on goal. Scarf, one thing we that we didn't mention before the substitutions, well, really quick I want to mention, yeah. is the yellow card that took place uh, on, on Acevedo. Acevedo got a yellow card, and there's going to be more on that as this game goes. Yeah, I think a very was, important part. I think that was because there was buffering. Oh, yeah, well, on. yeah, we lost it because, yeah, it was buffering. While we were watching that, yeah. Look, Raheem Edwards did have a couple of, of good touches on this. And I think, because we're going to talk about one again in the 75th minute as Cheeky made a cross into the box, but Raheem Edwards just couldn't get to it because of the amazingly fuzzy Twitter feed. I also couldn't tell that Latif Blessing was the other player in the box at the same time. So you had Raheem Edwards and Latif both couldn't get a touch on it. Raheem Edwards, Philly, especially what we're seeing here now, Raheem Edwards seems to have received Mahala's minutes, right? Because we know Mahala's not playing anytime soon. So it looks like it's Raheem Edwards. And I've got thoughts on that after the match as well. But you know what? He did his job for the first couple minutes, made some good runs, made his presence known. 76th minute, there was a cheap foul on Cheeky as he made a run through the box. Did not like that call. And again, 77th minute. There was also a, uh, Tristan also did lay out Tyus for a second. Oh, yeah, second. The, the poor 18-year-old kid got on the wrong end of a Tristan Blackman shoulder He was welcoming him, welcoming him to Major League yeah, Soccer. Yeah, just saying, hey, Good congrats, on him, he was being friendly. Congrats on your debut. This exactly. is how we greet people in L.A. The great effort by Raheem Edwards in the 77th minute to earn the corner. And then, as we were watching it, a jump cut of 90 minutes, or 90 seconds, excuse me, <laughs> on the Twitter feed. Literally, we're watching them line up for the corner kick, and then all of a sudden, it's a minute and a half later. Thanks, Twitter. On the TV, and even on Pandas, like, the phone Twitter, which is going really yeah. good, no buffering, that skipped it too. So Twitter skipped us on 90 seconds. Right? That was no fun. Uh, how about a an ambitious effort by NYCFC from considerable distance that goes over the crossbar? Uh, Tinner, uh, yes. But... Uh, the 80th minute, Philly, to me, to me, I don't know how you feel. To me, the 80th minute was our wait. What, what moment of the podcast? Because what, what the deuce, Carlos? Like, <laughs> what the deuce? We're, we're talking about Philly, just so that we're clear. The MVP of the league two seasons ago, the highest paid player in Major League Soccer, the alpha dog of LAFC, the best player on the pitch when he is healthy. How does Carlos not take that and one-time it, bend it with the left, bend it with the right, do whatever you need to do? You're the most talented player on the pitch. An awful turnover. We talked about Mark Anthony Kay straight passing it to Anton Tinnerholm. Sean Johnson straight passed it to Carlos Vela. Just straight passed it right to him. And yes, Diego Rossi was on his right, and maybe he saw Rossi at the last minute, but you are Carlos freaking Vela. You are the best player on the planet. You are the guy who we will live and die by taking the shots. And yet somehow on the doorstep inside the box, you can't get a shot off. To me, Philly, it was so incredibly frustrating that moment because it's Carlos's chance to announce his presence with authority. I am back. I am King Carlos Vela, and I am here to reclaim my place on the throne here at LAFC in what MLS was calling their marquee matchup of the weekend. West Coast versus East Coast were 1-1 with a chance in the 80th, and we can't even find a shot on target, Philly. 
I literally almost flipped over a bar stool at this wonderful little mom and pop bar. I mean, literally the owners were there. They were super nice. I didn't want to ruin their bar stool, but dear God, was I pissed. You can't help but wonder. Three days ago on LAFC social media, there is a photo of Carlos Vela getting what appears to be a COVID shot. Now, I don't know if this was the first. I don't know if it was the second. I don't know if this is from months prior. But if it was recent, I wonder if that had something to do with his performance or lack thereof. Bob said it during the postgame. Carlos normally makes that shot 999 times out of 1,000. Yep. I don't know why he wouldn't have said 99 times out of 100. But I that's... think he said it was a 1 in 1,000 gaffe. Okay, him, fine. Right? Fair enough. All right. Yeah. That, that part I didn't catch. But no, Carlos just did not look 100%, and he admitted it. That was our opportunity. That was our opportunity. But nothing happens. Five minutes later, uh, Tajuri Shradi had a heck of a shot that curled, but it curled just enough to hit the left post, not having to go by Cisniega, him not having to do anything. And where we think we can get a turnaround in this game, 86th minute, there was a card on NYCFC's Acevedo. If you watch him, he put, looks like he pushed Latif Blessing over and... If you didn't know, you were wondering, well, why the heck? That didn't seem like a red card. Well, it's because he got a yellow card in the 64th minute of play. Two yellow cards on Acevedo. He is out of the match. Hey, we got an opportunity right now. We have the... We have a man advantage. We have a, a power play, if you want to call it. An hey. ability to go out there and take care of some business. It was a stupid foul. But then something other, something else happened a minute after that, which to me, I would have never saw it in a million years. Edward Atuesta coming out of the game for Danny Musovsky. Yeah. Edward did have a yellow card okay. at some point. I don't know if we're trying to protect him from a yellow card accumulation, but I think, Scarf, you said it. <laughs> I don't know if you remember saying it, I but you're like, it. Bob, you're drunk. Those were your exact words in the 87th I, minute. I, Philly, I, I don't understand that substitution. I, I will publicly question that substitution because, to me, in that moment, our best playmaker was still Edward Atuesta, who looked like he was playing just fine, by the way. He was doing Edward Atuesta things. He was in spaces where he needed to be. He was holding possession where we needed him to hold possession. I don't know if it had anything to do with the corner that we'll talk about in the 90th minute. I don't think subbing out Atuesta for Musovsky did. I could be wrong. I'm sure Vince LaRosa will tell me that I am for something that I missed because he usually educates me on things like that. But I don't understand, Philly. I don't understand that when we go a man up, you take your best player who, I mean, honestly, he's been the glue that's held this whole thing together. I don't understand why you take him out for, for Danny Musovsky. It's just, it's been really frustrating the substitution patterns here for Bob from time to time. This was the one I don't understand. And if someone can help me out and understand that, that's fine. I was so, I didn't understand it. I'm, I'm sorry. I just, I don't get it. I don't get why you take him out. And unfortunately, the next note that we have, Philly, is the note that sinks the ship. Well, well, before that, interestingly enough, the Tyus gets subbed out for Sebastian. Oh, yeah. Yeah, this was, we were looking at each other like the kid had just come on like 10 minutes earlier. Yeah, I didn't think he had played a horrible game, but I guess according to Ronnie Dahlia, there, it was a tactical decision after Acevedo got his red card. Yeah. Okay, but remember, so, so be it. Remember the Atuesta sub, Philly? The one other thing that was happening while it was going on, 
They were setting up for a free kick. Yes, that is LAFC true. LAFC was setting up for a free kick and was, from distance. And it was Raheem Edwards who took it, well, and that was an awful free kick. But that's the thing. Edward Atuesta was lining up to take the damn kick. Yeah, yeah, As absolutely. he looks over and sees 20 up on the substitution board. He's lining up to take the kick. He had no clue he was coming out. And I don't know about you, Philly, but the millions. <laughs> and millions. If you give them... A choice. Who do you want to take the free kick? Edward Atuesta or Raheem Edwards? All due respect to Raheem, maybe it's Mr. and Mrs. Edwards that vote for Raheem, and that's about it in the LAFC poll. (laughs) Edward Atuesta is the guy I want taking that kick because he's proven time and time again that he is one of our better set-piece options on the entire club. He scores and, goals off set pieces. Absolutely. And from that distance, he had an opportunity. I think his set piece when he scored against Houston when we clinched the supporters shield oh. was at a farther distance than what Raheem Edwards I, had. I just, there were so many things about that. I, and I thought that was as frustrated as I was going to get. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. No. In the 90th, off of a set piece, there's a header. When I say Ish hit the fan, I wasn't trying to cover up a bad word. I was trying to say Ishmael Tajuri Shradi. Ish hit the fan. In the actuality, that first goal that happened, it was a press that he made in a cross inside of the box that got intercepted by K. He yeah. was involved there. Yeah. And then Ish, Ishmael Tajuri Shradi, had a goal, his second goal in two weeks. He scored last week against Columbus for his first goal of the season. Okay, and he 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 heads this in, burning LAFC on set piece defending again. We're a man down. We're a man. They're a man down. Sorry. And there's a shorthanded goal. We lose off of something that that we get have been burned on multiple times during the course of last season. Set piece and Ishmael Ish Tajuri Shradi burying it and. Killing us, killing our tempo, gut wrenching, rusty screwdriver to the heart, two to one, NYCFC. I, I don't understand what's going on with our back post defending. I am not smart enough tactically. This is Scarf talking about this here. I am not smart enough tactically to tell you why we're doing what we're doing, how to fix the problem. I leave that up to the people that know tactics far better than I do. And I have no problem saying that I am not smart enough tactically to do that. But for me, I, I'm just, I'm blown away. I don't know that Ishmael Tajuri Shradi will have an easier goal in his entire footballing career. It's a corner ball by, uh, I forget actually who took the corner, but it was a header off of Alfredo Morales. I don't understand. And and somebody, again, I'm not smart enough to understand this. I get it. Sure, fine, whatever. How is he not offside, Ismail Tajuri Shradi? If Morales is the only one to make contact with that ball, and Tajuri Shradi was clearly to me in front of Our last defender who, because of the Twitter feed, I couldn't really tell, but I think it was either Cheeky Palacios or Latif Blessing, who is well in front of the front post on that play, maybe keeping everybody on side, but I thought he got back over enough well before the touch on the header. He moves inside. I don't understand how Tajuri Shradi is still onside on that play if, if, for example, if... Our player doesn't touch that ball. And if you see from the camera that was behind our own goal, or at least, excuse me, the NYCFC goal, those two players are nowhere near each other. The header by Morales, he has all the space in the world that he needs. It doesn't come off of a deflection. 
So what that means is he, that player has to be offside. And I texted somebody close to the team who was who able to give their own input and is much smarter than I am. And Philly, you and I saw the response. They said, yeah, I just looked at it again. That was absolutely off. Now, maybe that person has since found out something, and maybe I don't know what that something is. But Philly, how was he not offside? I don't understand how he was not offside. And there we go. 90th minute. We give up an absolute backbreaker. We're down 2-1. But in my head, I had a glimmer of hope because our first match with them ended 2-2. Our second match ended with them 2-2. And what I said to myself at the time was, Philly, you can't get to 2-2 without NYCFC getting the 2. So I thought, okay, <laughs> we'll come back and we'll tie it up. With six minutes of entry, we had of injury time, we certainly had an opportunity. In the 90th plus fourth minute, we it. had a shot. That was our shot at the equalizer. Latif, off three bounces that didn't touch the ground, managed to find... Danny the Moose, and he gets some. He gets some good foot on that leather. Yep. He launches one, but it's not high enough. It's not curved enough. It's not angled enough. And Sean Johnson makes his fourth save of the game on Danny Musovski. Bob would have looked like a genius if Moose scored, and it was actually a great shot on goal. But sad to say, not enough. Whistle blows. We lose to NYCFC for the first time in franchise history and we only lo- and we lose our fifth game in the bank throughout the course of our history. 32-15 and 5 is the record we maintain at home. Best record in MLS since 2018. Look, I know stats looking backwards it means nothing, but Losing at home isn't something that we are accustomed to. And here's another streak that got broken. Prior to this, Carlos Vela scored in 12 straight regular season home matches when he has played for more than 90-plus minutes. Scarf, how many minutes did Carlos Vela play today? That would be more than 90-plus. No goal. He breaks that streak. NYCFC breaks our backs. And now we fall to 2 3 and two sucks. It really sucks. And it was a game that you know we we had possession, we had control. Look, possession doesn't mean a damn thing. Seattle is off to their best start in franchise history, and they've been out possessed all game, all season long. But this is a game that we should have won. It's a game where we had the lead, and there've been multiple games throughout the course of the season that we've given up the lead in. Just sucks to lose, and it sucks to lose to NYC. It sucks to lose to anybody. Look, I don't know who our leader is out there. That's a problem. I, I, we have no leadership. I, I know that Carlos Vela is our captain. I know that, for example, Eddie Segura is the captain of the back line there, calling out defense and doing what he needs to do. To me, Edward Atuesta is the closest thing we have to a leader on the club, but you subbed him out. He does yell out. at everybody. He does, but you subbed him out just minutes before the goal was scored. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe we're missing something like a, I don't know, like a Steven Bateshore, Walker Zimmerman leader type player when they're out there on the pitch. Maybe it, maybe it's Jordan Harvey that needs to kind of step up and, and be a leader, but it's hard to be a leader when you're not getting any run. And so I just don't know what to think. I've got a lot of thoughts, Philly. I've got a lot of thoughts on the match. First, I want to talk about Pablo Cisniega. San Pablo, again, did what he needed to do to keep us in the match. The goals came on an awful giveaway, which made it to their best offensive threat where he was able to put it in the back of the net. That's not Pablo's fault. 
and terrible set-piece defending on a goal that I still think was offside. So neither of those were his issue, and he has been very, very solid this season. I thought that Tristan Blackman was effective when he needed to be. I mean, he did have one good ball on offense, but was really rarely tested on defense. I didn't see anything from Tristan that I liked or disliked. I am really excited to see what Kim Moon Juan can bring us on the offensive end there, but we'll get to that in a little bit. Mario just seemed out of it to me. We barely mentioned Eddie Segura, but I thought that he had played well. You know, if we're not mentioning our center backs, I think that's a good thing. I don't think Mario played very well. I think Segura was fine. Cheeky was was great. I love Cheeky in this match right up until he wasn't solid on a couple plays. I, I thought Cheeky had a great match. Eduardo Tuesta, again, completely baffled by the substitution. Without him, we are just a shell of ourselves. All you'll hear about Mark Anthony Kane, again, rightfully so, is the awful, awful, awful giveaway that he made. I thought before that he played really well. After that, he took himself out of the match, which was really frustrating. Nothing from Sifu for large stretches in this match, and and I just don't feel like he should be starting personally over Latif. Yes, that's right. I would like to keep Mark Anthony K in there and and take out Sifu and put Latif in. Although if you told me you were going with Sifu and Latif alongside Atuesta, I would say sure, but I, I still think to me, Mark Anthony K is a little bit better of an option. I think Latif has been this season, Philly. I think Latif has been our second most important and second best player behind Edward Atuesta. We've gotten almost nothing from Carlos so far. We've got Diego Rossi with a, a few goals. We've got Corey Baird with a few goals. But to me, it's Edward Atuesta and then Latif Blessing. Uh, I think our, our back line has been much improved and Pablo's been great. But I absolutely love Latif. We feed off of Latif's ability to draw those fouls. We feed off of Latif's ability to retain possession. And you mentioned it, Philly. What an incredible three-touch volley to get it to Danny Musovski. We haven't seen a lot of plays like that from Latif, but that was a moment of brilliance that we don't get from any other player. Carlos just looked awful in this match. And I want to read a quote that Carlos said after the match. He said, I do not feel... 100%. I feel like it's still a long road to get to my highest level. I am working hard to get there as fast as possible. You achieve it by training and games. This break will allow me to prepare myself better so that when the league returns, I will be able to give my team what it expects from me. And I applaud Carlos on that quote by saying he's not 100%, by saying he needs to step up and give what the team expects from him. I applaud him for all those things, but that doesn't help the present. And the present right now is that very simply, without Carlos Vela at 100%, and without somebody like a Christian Ramirez, Bradley Wright Phillips, Brian Rodriguez, someone on the front line to take the attention away from the defense... They're just going to load up on everybody else right now, and I don't like what I see from Carlos Vela. I thought Diego Rossi was fine, took shots where he could. It was a fine match from Rossi. I love Corey Baird, but I don't know. It looks like Mahala's minutes, we talked about it, have gone to Raheem Edwards. Let's give maybe Christian Torres or Danny Trejo or somebody else a shot to make to mix something up in there on the front line. I'm just not really seeing it from Raheem Edwards after those first couple of touches. And again. I think we have Moon on that opposite side. And with Moon and Cheeky and Philly, I would love for you to talk about the touches that Cheeky Palacios got right at the end here. I think that's the magic elixir. We get Moon in there on one side, Cheeky on the other. I think we need to get Latif in the starting lineup. And imagine 
without your front line playing well, you still have someone like Atuesta, Latif, Moon, and Cheeky who are offensive options when they are out there. Sifu even from distance. Philly, only three clubs, Vancouver, Austin, and Minnesota, have scored fewer goals than our eight in seven matches Something needs to change. There's a lot of things that need to change. And I don't know. I, I feel like our descent started happening right with the Walker Zimmerman uh, the sale. We just, you said it. Leadership is not something that we have had much of. We had Simon for a short period of time. Then Zimmerman became that vocal leader. But keep in mind, we still had Benny Failhaber. Benny Failhaber, a veteran with a voice. He would speak. And then we had Stephen Betashore. The what LAFC prides themselves on is the the, the quote unquote youth movement. The second youngest roster in Major League Soccer. Twelve players under the age of twenty two. Twenty three players under under the age of twenty five. Perhaps it is time to stop focusing always on bringing in young South American players. Uh, and, and then spend a little money on a veteran that can provide leadership. We had that with Beta. We had that with Benny. We certainly had that with Dio, although with him it was more like, follow me and I'll take care of business. Lee Wynn, too. Lee Wynn, too. We, we, we need that vocal leadership. It's great to have this type of youth. But you need somebody who's going to corral these boys. And if Bob can't do it, somebody on the pitch does. And if it's not going to be Carlos Vela, then, then I don't know. We, we need to make some changes there. As far as our players are concerned, Raheem Edwards, in the 17 minutes that he played, he did get a shot and a shot on target. Danny Musovsky, three minutes, he got a shot on target. There weren't very many players other than these guys that did get shots on target. I think it was only Baird, Rossi, and, and Atuesta. Not even Vela had a shot on target despite taking three shots. So, I, I don't know what's up with Carlos. Again, he said earlier in the season to the LA Times that he was ready for an MVP-esque season. Now, whether he said that and whether he was physically prepared to do so, I don't know. The injury might have done something. It might have, like set something back up in his mind. Maybe he's just comfortable at this point. I have no idea, but we need to see some more stuff out of hand. And look, I can't believe I'm saying this, but we we can't score goals. We can't score goals. Even last season, which we would consider an off year, we were averaging at least two goals per game, and that was still without Carlos Vela. This season, we only have two games where we've scored two goals. We're no longer conceding a lot of goals, which is kind of interesting, but we can't protect the lead to save our life. There's no action. There are chances being created in the attacking third, but but we're not getting any goals. They haven't allowed more than two goals in any match, but the matches have been winnable, and they have been close. Possession, we talked about that. Seattle's been out-possessed every game this season, and they're still taking care of business. Best start in franchise history. That's great if you can possess the ball that much. It's the end result that matters. And in the last seven games, they've lost seven points from winning positions. Yep. Failing to win after taking the lead in three out of these seven games. I'll, I read this on, on, on MLS. Look, we're, we're well, a team that's been well-scouted. Okay, we're providing the same story. And some of the advice given out to Bob from, I guess, the the pundits at MLS, they need new ideas. He needs new ideas. He needs to do something other than that 4-3-3. And maybe that's something he attempted by taking out Edward Atuesta and putting in Danny Musovsky because it wasn't something we would normally be accustomed to. It was a shock. Maybe he's playing with some of those types of ideas, but we're not we're not looking great. We're not looking great at all. Having the record we have with the team that we have it sucks. And are we really as deep as you, as you think? Like, I, I like Musaski. I like Raheem Edwards. 
But I mean, these aren't the players that like I would I would say, yeah, all right, the game is on the line. Let's put in Raheem Edwards. I don't I don't have that feeling. I don't have that feeling like when we put a a, a Dio into the game. So perhaps or a Bradley Wright Phillips. Or a Bradley Wright Phillips. We don't have that killer in there. And I don't think we have that killer mentality. I don't want to say the team has gone soft mentally or they're tired. They they play their hearts out, but I just think going back to the the youth movement. I think we need a grizzly veteran who is a well-respected athlete to corral this team and to push them when the boys get dejected. You saw it against Seattle. They would play hard, Seattle scores a goal, and then they would lose that pep in their step. That's immaturity, okay? It's not a lack of skill. It's immaturity. That is a result of having the second youngest roster in MLS. Keeping Bradley Wright Phillips would have been great. Had Dio not left, that would have been great. We need veteran a veteran leader at this point. All right. First of all, one I know you got the stats pulled up. Do me a quick favor. Pull up Latif Blessing's minutes played and the fouls that he created. Or fouls one, I believe is what it's called. Uh, let's see. 18 minutes, fouls one, three. Who led the club in fouls one? Latif Blessing. In just 18 minutes. Although he did kind of tie Carlos Vela. He did tie Carlos Vela, yes. But in 18 minutes, he was able to draw a foul every six minutes. You know what that does for your team? That makes players a little more tentative when they're trying to guard you. We saw what happened with with Acevedo picking up the red. He picked up the red because of who? Latif Blessing. And it's because Latif Blessing doesn't play like every other player out there. He makes those little spurts and starts, and he moves in directions where if I did, I'd break a hip. It's incredible to watch <laughs> Latif out there. But you ready for I know I've had a couple of hot takes, and I've been on a soapbox. I got one more for you, Philly. Oh, boy. Along the lines of everything you just said, I'm going to throw something crazy out there. You ready? <sighs> Let's go. Two words. Uh-oh. Josie Altidore. Oh, boy. All right, think about this. Oh, boy. You want leadership. Oh, boy. You want leadership. I'm actually looking at his autographed jersey right now. You want leadership, right? Leadership you will get with Josie Altidore. You want experience. You will get that with Josie Altidore. And a player who is still called on to score goals, Josie Altidore. Now, I know he's been the the head of the diamond attack in Toronto for forever, but all those stories came out about how he's played his way out of the first team, and they're looking to make a move for Josie Altidore. They want to get him out of there. Wouldn't that be interesting? A player akin to a Bradley Wright Phillips, a player akin to, you know, these these goal scorers, maybe Josie just comes off the bench and gives you 20, 30 minutes a match. Or maybe Josie starts, but automatically you have a voice. You have some leadership out there. You have a player who has gone to battle for the U.S. men's national team when we were both solid and awful. I think it'd be an interesting move. I'm going to get some hate for this one for sure. For sure. But look, you got to break a couple eggs to make a good omelet. And LAFC has been known to make a splashy signing on occasion and to make a splashy decision that not a lot of people agreed with, Walker Zimmerman. But by bringing in a player the caliber of Josie Altidore, now you get a lot of those things, Philly, that you were just talking about. 
So the reason you even mention him is because he's not having a good time with Toronto. Correct. In fact, they've told him to kind of sit out and do your own thing. And that's because he got pissed that he got replaced by the youngster, Ayo Akinola, against Orlando City. Who's real good, by the Who way. Who is real good. But here, here's the deal, Scarf. Josie signed a three-year deal in 2019 that runs till 2022. All right? He has a no-trade clause as part of that contract. Yep. And his guaranteed compensation, $3.6 million. And, and he doesn't want to give any of it up. He no, wants to get paid. Who the hell would want to give that up? I'm but, with now, you. but now we're talking designated player money. So in order for that to even be a reality, Almeria needs to be promoted. Brian. So Brian, please do something good for us and leave this club with this promotion, Brian. Oh. That would be the only way we'd be able to get somebody like Josie oh. Altidore in. But all right, let's just if we're if you're bringing this up because you we hadn't talked about this, I'm as shocked as a yep. lot of the defenders are Not out in the there. Notes. Um if we get him, yes, okay, yes. How does he gel in the locker room with the other guys? Look, because he's not gelling with a team that he's gotten a lot of has had a lot of success with. I, I agree, but you know what? Sometimes a change of scenery will do a lot of good for people. And and the, you, look, the sun is good. The, the sun is great. And, and you look, look. He's he's a U.S. men's national team. I, I don't want to say icon or legend because I mean. He scored 42 goals for the U.S., man. I'd say that's pretty darn good. But, I mean, look, you know me. I love guys like Josie and Jossie Zardes and those guys for the U.S. men's national team. And those are probably two of the most polarizing figures, aside from maybe Bob's son, Michael, on the U.S. men's national team. Oh, he gets a lot of fan mail. (laughs) I would love to see Josie come to LAFC because sometimes all you need is a change of scenery, Philly. A change of scenery. And at least... What you're seeing, what you might see in that occasion is the front office taking a shot, right? We got to do something. We got to do something. Do I think Josie is the answer? Maybe not. But you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. And right now, LAFC is not taking a lot of shots. So we'll see what happens with the Brian Rodriguez situation. We are all Almedia fans this coming week because of those two matches coming up against Girona. My Girona. We'll see what happens there. But look, I'm full of it tonight. And and (laughs) some of you might out there might think I'm full of it in general. But they might still think you're uh, drinking wine. I'm not, but I'm not. I had iced tea from Panda Express. I need to cleanse the body. (laughs) Cleanse the body with Panda Express. I mean, look, there's one, there's a reason why they call it Express, my friend. But it comes out really quick. I'm just, I'm just throwing it out there, guys. Defenders Nation. Please let me know what you think. This has been a fun episode for me. I've I've definitely extended my my hot take for the day. But look, Philly, it's been a frustrating sucks yeah. couple of matches for us. It's been a frustrating start to the season for us. We get two weeks off, right? The international break, no U.S. Open Cup, some time to regroup. And I, I thought it was an interesting thought on the telecast where they said. Sometimes two weeks off can be a really good thing because you can focus on what you need to focus on, get everybody healthy, get everybody back. And sometimes you want a match like three days later so you can wash this one off of your body and out of your system. I don't know where LAFC is with that right now. I know that Carlos needs to get healthy. I know that the offense needs to figure some things out because eight goals in seven matches is not going to cut it. But I also know, Philly, that we are still... We're not at the bottom of the table, but we're pretty damn close with eight points. There's teams on seven and on six. We're ninth, so we're kind of in the middle of the pack right now. At least we're not getting smoked, though, Scarf. I mean, we are not. We've been in these matches. Yes, we've only we've only gotten we haven't really gotten killed. Seattle beat us two nothing, but felt worse though. Yeah, I mean, definitely felt worse. I mean, look, it sucks right now, but. 
there is still time to turn around the ship. Yep. I know it sounds like yep. such a tired thing to say, and changes need to be made. I absolutely agree with it. I'm fine with changing the starting lineup. Definitely fine with shifting the formations and tactics. We're not we're not dead ducks. We're, uh, we're not out of it. We're not. We, we have an opportunity, and I'm really curious to see how the rest of the season unfolds. I think this two-week break comes at a very, very crucial time. These boys need to take a break, mentally get themselves back up to snuff, and, and you said it, Carlos needs to get healthy because he admits it, he's not ready. Yeah. He's not 100%. Yeah, and, and look, the teams that are below us in the Western Conference standings right now, Vancouver is Vancouver. They're just... They're, they're vanilla ice cream in MLS right now. But you've got Austin, who looks real good some matches and a little out of it in some others. You've got Minnesota that since they have put Tyler Miller into the starting lineup, they have gotten all seven of their points in the last three games. And you've got a Dallas team that just looks dreadful. They, these are It's like the island of misfit toys out there, players who thought they'd be playing together that are now playing overseas and younger players that don't quite fit at the positions they're playing. It's a hot mess. We really need to do some things, Philly, but you know what? One win propels us right up into the playoff chase, and we've got two more matches at home to fix this, right? We've got a couple matches coming up after the two-week break. Our next two matches are at home, and they are winnable matches, and we are going to need to do so. But that being said, Philly, let's take these two weeks, and, and let's do what we can to regroup on our side of things. We are going to be releasing one episode, during the two-week break, at least, episode 149. And we're hoping that episode 150, we're hoping, will be about a victory in our next match. But here's what I do promise the millions. And millions. I promise a new song for episode 149. Didn't I say don't hold your breath like two weeks ago about no, no, no. this? This, But now we've got some time to debut it. And I think it's just the thing that our club needs, Philly. Just the thing our club needs. <laughs> For a little pick-me-up, I've got a song that is all about Diego Rossi. I've got a song that is ready to go. I can't wait. Episode 149, the debut of a song for you, Diego Rossi. A is for Almeria. That's the team for me. <laughs> B is for Brian. I can't wait for you to leave. And we... <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Look at this. I, I mean, he got through the first two letters. We're not going to press him any farther. Look, Philly, that's that's all I've got. I, I don't know if you have any. I, I just wanted to say we're recording this. It is now Monday, April. <laughs> April. What month are we in? May 31st. Tomorrow is Memorial Day, so you know, hopefully you guys get to be out there having your barbecues, enjoying time with your family. But you know, keep in mind that this is a day where we're honoring and mourning the military personnel that have died, lost their lives during military duties to to give us the freedoms that you know, like Scarf and I could be together recording a pod and and having some fun stuff there. So you know, we hope you enjoy your Memorial Day, but please don't forget to recognize those that have put their lives on the line and unfortunately are no longer with us as a result of their. Uh, uh, military military duty. So that's the only thing Absolutely. I wanted to say. Uh, to everyone out there who's listening that has served as well, or if you have family that has served, obviously Panda and my dad, John, have both served in the military. So thank you for your service. Yep. If you see somebody out there, if they're in uniform or if they're wearing one of those hats for where they used to serve for, whatever it might be, please just thank them. You don't need to agree with wars or what they did. Or <laughs> I don't think anybody really agrees just, with war. Just thank them for their service because you have the freedom to thank them because of all who came before exactly. them for serving. So thank you all for your service. And on that note, 
We can't wait for 149. We can't wait for the next game, but let's just exercise the demons. Wash this one off, and you know how we like to end all of our episodes. Bye-bye.